0: pray with me Lord God of heaven we give our lives totally over to you we are ready Lord to submit fully to your Holy Spirit we are ready to submit everything to you in the name of Jesus your name is my power your name is my victory your name is my life besides you oh Lord I've got no good thing but with you I've got everything that I need. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is my hero. Jesus is your hero. Jesus is the greatest man I've ever met. He's, when he was walking the earth, he was not God. He became fully, 100% a man. And the Word became flesh. And God cannot be flesh. flesh uh, uh, someone cannot be flesh and God at the same time. So God became a man. He became an Adamite. And the Bible calls Jesus this last Adam, the Adam of finality, the Adam who solved our problem. In his name, is all the solutions that you need. All the solutions that you need for your life is in the name of Jesus, the man Jesus, the son of man, the son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. He worked out your salvation in his flesh and in his blood. Say to your neighbor, your salvation is in the flesh and the blood. Of a certain man. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. Give him a great hand. Amen. Your salvation is in a certain man. In the flesh and the blood of a certain man. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Christ. Or Jesu Morena Jesu. Give Morena Jesu a great hand. Amen. Jesus the Christus. Amen. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Hallelujah. Douglas, you need courage. You need courage, Douglas. Come to the front, please, my friend. You need courage because I see the devil attack you from every side. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus. You need courage. You need courage. You need courage. Because God doesn't take pleasure in the soul that shrinks back. Amen. Stand in faith. Take courage. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I will dance his dance. Let me tell you that. I will dance the dance of Jesus. I will not dance the dance of this world. It says in one scripture, it says, They played the flute And you danced, meaning the people of this world in today's life, it is social media. And the movies, they play the flute and the people of the world dance. When I look at today's movies, I can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next year, what's going to be the new fashion politically, what's going to be the new fashion spiritually, politically, and what is going to be the new move on the earth. Just look at the movies. The movies is the flute and the social media is the flute that the devil use, and the world leaders play this flute. And the people dance according to the dance of the world and the devil. But I tell you, we will dance by the dance of Jesus, and we will dance for Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I take you to a certain scripture. It says here that for godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation. You get godly grief, and then you get grief that means nothing. I pray that your grief will change into godly grief. Because if you grieve, and it's not godly grief, it is in vain. It is a very sad thing to grieve. It is a very hard thing to grieve. When some of our loved ones die, it's not nice. When you go through trouble time, it's not nice. But when our grief is godly grief, it turns into salvation. And that's what we need. Amen. Salvation is more important than the healing of your body. Salvation is more important even than deliverance. And salvation is more important than the breakthrough, that your breakthrough of your finances. Salvation is number one. So Jesus came to save us. Amen. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the work of the devil. What is the work of the devil in your life? Life. It's hatred. Number one problem in the human race. Is hatred. You get hatred in all walks of life. You get it in the best churches. People say they love God, but they hate other people. How can they say they love God and they hate other people? They say, oh Lord Jesus, I love you. And they forget the words that Jesus said. Walk in the light as I am in the light. And the light means that you hold nothing against no one. There's no darkness in him. Anyone that walks in the darkness does not know him and has never seen him. He might be very religious and might sing songs to God. But if he hates his neighbor, he never knew God at all. He's just busy with religion, that's all. Religion is a sickening thing. I'm not a religious person, and I detest religion as Jesus detested religion. Religion is something that is useless and a counterfact created by the devil to deceive people. You get religious people in Pentecostal churches. We always think it's only in the traditional churches. You get religious people, severely religious, in charismatic churches like this one. Religion is a spirit of the Antichrist and a spirit of Satan himself. that deceive people into thinking they're okay. They sing these songs in churches like this. They sing their songs in Pentecostal churches. They even prophesy and see visions. But they hate other people. They never knew God whatsoever. They do not even know who He is. Your Bible says in Mark 11, Jesus said, If you pray and you stand praying there, remember, hold nothing against no one. That's a very broad statement. Hold nothing against no one. You hold something against another person, you walk in darkness, my friend. You never knew him. You might sing your songs. You might prophesy. You might see visions. But one day when you come before God, you will say, I never knew you. And you will say, but we prophesied in your name, Lord. We did even miracles in your name. We even cast out devils in your name. And Jesus said, away from me, I never knew you. How is that possible? You know, this scripture used to scare me a lot. Because I love to cast out demons to see people free. And I love prophecy. And I love miraculous powers, and I love miracles. And that used to scare me to think, there's even people who who do these things, and Jesus is going to say to me, away from me, I never knew you? That scared me. That worried me. And I pray to God, Lord, never say ever to me that you you don't know me, please. And I came to this scripture in 1 John what it says, He who walks in darkness, he who hates his brother, he who holds anything against anyone, lives in hatred. He might make religious sounds, even charismatic religious sounds, means nothing. He might be a Pentecostal, he might be a traditional Christian. He might be in the mainline churches. Doesn't matter where he is. But if you hate and you hold things against people, you never knew him, the Bible says. Then you walk in darkness, you do not know the light. Jesus is the light. Forgiveness is the light. Love is the light. And if you're in darkness, you hold things against people. You hold grudges against people. You don't like other people that is not the same color than you or the same language, speak the same language than you. You say you love Jesus, but you hold things against people. You are deceived. I pray God deliver such in Jesus' name. Amen. Say to your neighbor, the Bible says, hold nothing. What does the word nothing means? Where's the teachers in this place? Where's the teacher? Please. Who's the teacher in this place? (laughs) What does the word nothing means? Nothing. Your Bible says in Mark you live and you pray, you worship. But the Bible says, hold nothing against no one. What is the word no one means? Huh? What is the word no one means? It means no one. Hold nothing against no one. And then that scripture started to make sense for me. There's many people in churches, they think they know Jesus, they love Jesus, they sing songs. They read the Bible and might even preach the gospel. But they hold things against other people. May God deliver us. May God help you in Jesus' name. I pray this morning that His grace will manifest in your life. And that God will set you free from the spirit of darkness and hatred and even the spirit of religion in Jesus' name. Jesus said to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, that was of a different race than him. A Samaritan woman, which was detested by the Jews because they were a bastard nation. A mixture between Syrians And fugitive Jews was the Samaritans. But Jesus was there speaking to the Samaritan woman. A Jewish man didn't speak to a Samaritan woman. That was the worst of apartheid you could ever get. Far worse than in any other place on the earth between Samaritans and Jews. And Jesus spoke to her. It was unheard of that a Jewish man would speak to a Samaritan woman. And he asked her for water. Jesus started a conversation with her, showing us that these things must never be in our hearts. Why will this Jewish man, that is the number one role model of, among the Jews, start a conversation with the Samaritan woman? Because Jesus wanted to show us everything is written up for us. Said so we might learn from it. Show us that there must not be such a thing among Christians in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus started a conversation with a Samaritan woman that was unheard of, no Jewish man. Not even a woman, but not a man. Speaking to a Samaritan woman, Jesus started the conversation, not her. Jesus started that conversation, telling that woman, give me water. He started the conversation. And then he asked her, where's your husband, knowing that she's just living with a man? And said, yes, you had seven, seven men that you lived with. He exposed her lifestyle. Then he asked her for water. He started the conversation. And then he said to her, if you know who I am, you'll ask me for water. And then he said to a very important thing. There comes a time when the true worshipers, the true worshipers, there's many worshipers, there's not so many true worshipers. Worship is not singing songs. Singing songs unto Jesus is just the final outcome of the amazing relationship and the true worship that is in our heart. Because true worship is not singing songs. True worship is to live the life That Jesus expects of you to live. And that's number one. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. And also to love your enemy. If you don't love your enemy, you open a door so that your enemy can come and destroy you. If you hate your enemy, that's the best opportunity for your enemy to come and destroy you and rob you. I've learned that lesson myself. You got something against someone, that someone that you got something against can come and rob you. They got access to your life. A huge open door because you hold something against them. Amen. Pray, Lord Jesus Christ, deliver me from the spirit of darkness and hatred. In Jesus' name. Deliver me, Lord Jesus, of the spirit of darkness. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, not a temple of demons of hatred. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus showed the example, speaking to a Samaritan woman, that in the church of Jesus that he built, there should never be anything like that among God's people. Holding something against other people that is not the same race than you. Same race. That's what they say in the world, but I don't agree with that because there's only one human race. But I say for people to understand, and I stream to people. I don't believe in racism. I don't even believe in that word because how can there be racism? There's only one human race because all humans come from one single man. His name is Adam. Whether you're a man or a woman, you're Adamite said, you are an Adamite. All of you come from the loins of one man, Adam. And secondly, all of you come from one single man, the man Noah. Every human on the earth can trace back his history or his, or his, his history to one man, his name is Noah, and these three sons. But Noah was their father. So we all come from one single man, Noah. But before that, one single man, Noah and his three sons came from one man. His name is Adam. And therefore, it it took God to become Adam to save our souls. And the Bible calls him the last Adam, the Adam of finality. The Adam who who restored what the first Adam messed up when he listened to his wife. And when the wife was deceived by Satan. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the work of darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is hatred. You think more highly of yourself than other people. You think you are in a better state than others. God hate pride. And there's three things that the Bible says we need to avoid. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. More highly than thou. Come from a better family than thou. I've got a better job than thou. Status. The boastful pride of life. Pray, Lord Jesus, deliver me from this devil pride in the name of Jesus. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, not of demons, of pride in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray, Lord Jesus. I trade in my pride for your humility and your love in the name of Jesus. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so he can lift you at the right time in Jesus' name. Pray with me, Lord Jesus, I am yours. I follow your words. I want to take every word that you've ever spoken to your heart. I want to live by them in the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus, that Jesus ever said is written up in the Bible for you. And many people say, oh, Paul wrote this and thus and this, And Peter wrote this and thus and thus. If Paul wrote the Bible, I don't want to read the Bible because I cannot trust the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It's not the word of Paul. It's not the word of Peter. It's not the word of John. It's the word of God. And your Bible says that holy men were carried away by the Spirit. And as God gave them utterance, they put it down in writing form. And God made sure that you get your Bible today, which is the Word of God. And the Word of God was never written by people. God used certain people to put it in writing form, but it was inspired by one, and that is the precious Holy Spirit. Give God in for the Holy Spirit. All scripture is God breath, the Bible says. All scripture, not some. All scripture, every single scripture in your Bible is God breath. And it's good for teaching, correction, upliftment, and refreshment. Soter guy next to you. All scripture, not some. Not the some scriptures that you like. Not some that you like. All scriptures God breath. Those who came by the pen of Paul, Peter, John, Jude, was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Not by them. Amen. So everything that you read in your Bible comes from the Holy Spirit. Say to God, don't live in darkness. It's not good for you. Hallelujah. going to say, I'm done with darkness. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is truth? Truth is Jesus Christ and his words. Jesus said, if you obey my commandments, you'll be loved by my Father. And me and my Father will come and make our home with you. Now, we all want the Father to make His home with us, and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. If you obey the words of Jesus, what is the words of Jesus? You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And second to this, you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who's your neighbor? There was a certain man who asked Jesus, who's your neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And then he told us, parable, again about the Samaritan who helped a Jew that got robbed. Who's your neighbor? When Jesus spoke, about the, spoke the parable, he didn't say your neighbor is your own kind. He said, according to this parable, your neighbor is someone from another culture than you, another language than you. That's your neighbor. Now, who's the people that is your kind, yours, your language and your culture? That's not your neighbor. That is your brother and your sister. That is your family. Also to people, your family. Amen. 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 That's your family. A person from another culture and another language, that's your neighbor. The people that speak the same language than you got the same culture than you. They are your family. They're not your neighbor. Your neighbor is the one that speaks another language from another culture. That's your neighbor. And then the Bible says, Jesus said, you must love your enemy. You will love your enemy. He said, you will be perfect like my heavenly Father is perfect, who give rain on the good and the bad. He said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus told him straight who his neighbor was. His neighbor was not his own kind. It was not his own culture. It was not his own language. That was people from another culture. Who is your own people then? Your own people is your family. Your own culture is your own family. That's not your neighbor. Your neighbor is someone from another culture. Another language, another area maybe. That's your neighbor. But Jesus goes a step further. And he said, you will love your enemy. In so doing, you will be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. And God doesn't mean that, you're, that you should be perfect in your body shape. He meant that you will be perfect in your love and your forgiveness. And that God expects of you this morning. He expects of you to be perfect in your forgiveness. Because if you do not forgive people who do things against you, neither will your Father nor even forgive you you, your trespasses. And therefore, Jesus said, if you pray and you want your prayer to be answered, hold nothing against no one. Give God a hand for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation. Salvation is more important than the healing of your body, more important than the breakthrough of your finances. More important than anything is the salvation of your soul. I'd rather pray for you for salvation before I pray for you for healing. Because salvation is your, your entrance into heaven. Give God a hand for heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. On the day of judgment, many people are going to get a surprise. The very people they didn't like is going, to be, is going to enter the heavens before them. The very people that they detest and the very people they don't like and the very people they don't like to visit with is the very people they will serve in heaven if they make heaven. The very people, I'm going to say this again. This is a prophecy. The very people... That people do not like on the earth, if they're going to make heaven. The very people they don't like, they don't want to visit with and they don't want to speak, they don't want to hang around with, is the people they will serve in heaven if they make heaven. That I know as sure as I stand here. Because I've seen visions and I went to sit in heavens. God showed me that. The very people that people on the earth don't like. They don't like them. They don't like to speak to them. They don't want to hang around with them because they don't like them. It's the very people they will serve in heaven. They will serve them. I've seen it in dreams. They will serve them. Hallelujah. the guys to pass up. Who you like and don't like. Amen. The very people that you don't like and you think you're better than them is the people who will enter heaven before you. And you will serve them in heaven. You'll be their servant. If you make heaven, make sure that you have forgiven everyone. Because if you do not forgive other people their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. In Jesus' name. So I made up my mind, I like all people and I love all people. I walk the walk, and today I love all people and I like all people, even Arabs. That's the people I didn't like. I didn't like them nothing. And even today, I will love the Arabs. I will love everyone in Jesus' name. Give God a hand. Amen. Pray, Lord Jesus, thank you that your mercies are new every morning. The mercy that God revealed to you this morning something that will save your soul. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Today I've given you a key. I give you a key into the kingdom of heaven. Hold nothing against no one. And the very people you do not like and the very people you do not like to speak with and hang around with is the very people that will enter the heavens before you. Be careful whom you like and whom you don't like. If you've got a problem with Indian people on this earth, guess what? You're going to serve Indian people in heaven. Hallelujah. An eye-opener. I don't call it the eye-opener. I give you a key into the kingdom of heaven. Hold nothing against no one. That's a very broad statement, but that's what Jesus himself said in Mark 11. Hold nothing against no one. Because the people you hold something against, if you're going to make heaven, you're going to serve them. And that will be good, and it will be a pleasure unto you to serve them in heaven, in Jesus' name. Pray, Lord Jesus, deliver me from darkness. Give me victory in my life over all these Fleshly things in Jesus' name, Amen. Give your Lord a great hand, Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jump to your feet, Hallelujah. Shout with me, Lord. I'm ready to hold nothing against no one, I'm ready to forgive, and I'm ready to love all people. To love all people in Jesus' name, give your Lord a great hand, Amen. Hallelujah. Some people think they're on their way to heaven, but they're not. They say they're born again. They say, I'm a charismatic. I'm going to go to heaven because I prophesy. You better love the people on the earth, the people who God made to be his own. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pray, Lord Jesus. I'm ready to love all people. I'm ready to love your whole creation. I'm ready to forgive all people. And I am ready to accept people the way they are. I will not try to change them. I will accept them the way you created them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're good. Hallelujah. Thank you. I know there's a breakthrough in the spiritual realm. Give God a hand for that breakthrough. Hallelujah. I get excited. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is good. We're going to sing. We're going to praise the Lord for this one because there's a breakthrough here in Jesus' name. May God set the people free this morning from hatred and darkness and bitterness. Some people think they're on their way to heaven, but they're not. They think because they're in church, they go to heaven. uh uh-uh. They think because they can sing songs, they can go to heaven. Jesus said, True worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. What is true worship? True worship is to live by the, by the words of Jesus. That's true worship. True worship is not to sing songs. True worship is to live by the words of Jesus and to love your neighbor as you love yourself and to hold nothing against no one. That's true worship. That's what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. What is true worship? True worship is to love, to live by the words of Jesus, and the words of Jesus is mainly Based on love and forgiveness. Everything about Jesus is about love and forgiveness. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that? Amen. You even ready to forgive that husband of yours that is drunk? Huh? That husband that doesn't want to serve the Lord, you ready to forgive him? Amen. Yeah, I'll give your Lord a greater hand. Amen. The best is yet to come. Amen. I had to sort out this thing because you cannot receive from God if there's unforgiveness in your heart and darkness in Jesus' name whatsoever. Hallelujah. Amen. I gave you a strong word so to put you in the right place with God in Jesus' name so that you can receive everything that God wants to give you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen and amen. You say, Pastor, but you spoke harshly to me because I'm not, I think, no one. But this is for you to carry the spirit I speak about so that you can affect others around you because I am here to equip you for your work of ministry. That's my work. The preacher's work is to equip the saints, which are you, for your work of ministry. So the message I give you this morning is to put the spirit on you, the spirit of no hatred, the spirit of love, so you can go out in the world and fulfill your ministry, live out your ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give your Jesus' hand. Amen. Take your seat, please. Thank you. Um, God is a good God. Satan ever, he's a good God. Whatever he does is good. The outcome of everything he does is amazing. God doesn't do the things always that you expect him to do it. But he knows what he's doing because his timing is the best timing. Amen. I've got this people from Monquing, the sisters of Monquing. I miss you. Please come back to church in Jesus' name. When I say that to other people, please, God love you. Do not run away because of one battle or two battles or three battles. This ministry is a ministry of warfare and of battle. So when a battle gets tough, just come for prayer. God will help you. Amen. Don't run away because of one battle, two battles, or three battles, or the battles that you see are sometimes going on around me. Don't run because of this. Amen. I love you all. The people who stream, the people who got a little bit lazy because of lockdown, I thank God for the people who are here. I mean, say to the guy next to you, I, I I thank God that you are here. Amen. I say to the people, don't run away because of one, two, or three battles that you see is going on. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I love you. Hallelujah. Mom, queen sissies, I love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Come back to church. I miss you. Amen. Freddie, my friend, come back. I love you. Hallelujah. All the others, I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I miss Freddie. Freddie, I love you. Hallelujah. I miss you, my friend. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, you are created to walk in victory. Don't shrink back. This is actually a message for today. It was not the first one. The first one was prompted by the Holy Spirit. Because some people, they come to church, they think to worship is to sing songs. It's great to worship. It's very, very great to sing songs to God. But that's not why you God created you. God created you to live the life you expect of you to live. And the outcome might be to worship God and sing singing songs, which is amazing. But I tell you, some people that you don't like is going to enter heaven before you, and you're going to serve them there. I've had dreams about this one. People who didn't like certain people on the earth, certain cultures, I've seen them in heaven serving those cultures, meeting them when those people come to heaven. You invite them in, show them around, serve them, make up their homes, like making up their beds, but not beds. I mean, looking after their mansions, showing them where they should stay. I mean, I've seen that more than once, that if you don't like certain people on the earth, and by God's grace, you go to heaven, you're going to serve the people that you didn't li- or you, you like less than other people. Let's say this, you made it to heaven you, other, the people that you like less than other people is the people that you're going to serve in heaven. And that will be a privilege and an honor because to serve anyone is a great privilege and honor. Give God thanks for that. Amen. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. The greatest among you shall be your servant. To serve is amazing. Amen. Servanthood always prepare you for the next level that God's got in mind for you in Jesus' name. I will take you to great men of God who first served. All of them, all preachers, first served. Amen? I first served. TB Joshua served first. Ray McCauley first served cleaning the toilets of his Bible school in Texas for a long time. I don't want to say it because I can't remember the detail. First served. Cleaning the toilets and his Texas Bible school. That was his responsibility to clean the toilets. T.B. Joshua, God told him to for two years to clean that huge building of him. And it was not so nice than now. To clean it single-handed, himself, the toilets, the whole building. It's an honor to serve. The other night I came here, the people I pointed here to stand guard here at night because we've got a guard here. Let's look and clean the floors as well. And, and I came down here and a certain person didn't do his job. The windows were open. Everything was the doors were not locked, nothing. But I decided, Lord, this is my opportunity to serve. I locked the doors. I did everything. And it gave me such great joy. You know, any person, even preachers, if you are too big to serve, you, you cannot be a minister anymore. We love to serve. Give God a hand for servanthood. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said, When he washed the feet of the apostles, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Amen. Say to God, he said, God created you for victory. Don't you shrink back? I take you to Hebrew ten thirty nine. Hebrew ten thirty nine. Thank you, Jesus. Declare to your neighbor that God is a good God. Everything that he does is amazing. The outcome of everything that he does is amazing. I mean, it, it, it leaves you in awe to see the great things that he's doing. It looks to like you to a disaster, but the outcome is amazing. You experience it as a disaster, but the outcome is amazing when God is involved. Say to through so the outcome is always amazing when God is involved. In Jesus' name, amen. Many times your life looks like a disaster. You do not know where to go and where to turn. You think it's the end of you yourself, and that's okay. But let me tell you something. When God is involved, the outcome is always awesome and amazing. And you stand in awe to see the thing that you thought is going to end your life and destroy you completely. God give you the victory. Declare to your neighbor, my battle belonged to the Lord. And he is mighty in the battle. Many times you come to the end of yourself. You think, I cannot anymore. I do not know how I'm going to get through this one. And you think it's your end. You know what's strange for me in my life? My battles, battles is becoming worse and worse. Almost on a weekly basis. The devil's attack doesn't stop. It's increasing all the time. And I do not know how I'm going to make it. It feels to me many times I'm not going to make it. But I know I will make it because he is the one who invested himself in me. And he himself, you know, God will trust one thing that is in me. And that is his investment in me. you, but there's one thing in me that God will trust. And that is his investment in me. God will not trust you and I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. You're quite dumb if you trust yourself. I don't trust myself, nothing. But I trust his investment that he made in me. Because the Bible says the good work he started in me, he will complete. And as long as I believe that, I will win. In Jesus' name. Sometimes you think you're the end of yourself. Let me tell you. You think you can win any victory. Let the devil touch your children and we see how you do then. I pray it will not happen to you. But it happens to a lot of us when the devil touch your children, that's the toughest ones there is. You don't get tougher battles than that. If you're a good parent, a good father, a good mother, you will rather lay down your life for your children. That's the way a good father and a good mother is. And there's no, wound, there's no tougher battle than when the devil attack your children and you see them suffer. And I feel almost on a weekly basis that my battle is becoming stronger and stronger against me. But it's okay. I know when the devil attack me, something great is about to happen. Give God a hand. Amen. Why will he attack you? Why will the devil attack you if your life means nothing? Huh? Why will he attack you if your life means nothing? So when he attack you, you should persevere. Not shrink back, but go on. Knowing when you suffer from a setback, that's my old saying. And you know, when sometimes when I go through a tough time, the very people I preach this to, quote it to me. That's what God one day said to me when I came back from a mission trip. And my money got stolen by custom officers. When you suffer from a setback, prepare yourself for a great victory. The sad thing is, many people give up on their faith before that great breakthrough. But I'm of such, i got no choice. i got to go on. Amen. Say to the neighbor, I'm of such. i got no choice. i got to go on. In Jesus' name, amen. You've got to go on. You came this far, you are going to go on. But sad to say there's many people who do not make it. The Bible says those who endure to the end, they will be saved. Many people do not endure to the end. Many people who signed up in Bible schools after a couple of years, Paul will give you the statistics. After a couple of years, few of them still are still serving the Lord. They went to Bible school. Many people do not make it. But you are here this morning, and I know many of you, you are still on your way to victory. Give God a hand. Amen. Don't think everyone make it. There's few people on the narrow road, but we pray that everyone around us will make it. That's our desire. But it's they, Satan's mindset that few people should make it and we should fight him and restrain him and fight him with every fiber of our being in Jesus name that's what God has given us Jesus was manifested for this purpose to destroy the work of the devil in Jesus name Amen Amen Hallelujah Paul gave us those statistics people who start in a high profile don't mention the Bible school's name a high profile Bible school the studies that they did there how many people made it there please tell us Pastor, it was after 10 years, the statistic is that 4% of those who were in the Bible school are serving God. 4% of the people who enrolled into Bible school after 10 years still serve the Lord. you. So you came thus far, God is going to carry you through and he's going to pull you through. And that will be his to-do. You will not be able to say one day, oh God, look, I made it. No, it's not you made it. It's God who pulled you through. Give him a great hand. Amen. 4% of the people who enrolled in a high-profile Bible school were still serving the Lord after 10 years. The battle is tough, my friend. Many people want to be in ministry. Yonah, <laughs> yonah, yonah, you need to stand your stand. People think ministry is this glorious, glorious work. TB Joshua say, high ground is slippery ground. Amen. Paul, gave us the rest of the statistic, please. And after 10 years, 1% is still in ministry. Of those 4%, the people who studied for ministry, after 10 years, only 1% were still in ministry. Ministry. Well, I'm of such. i got no choice. i got to go on. And he will pull me through, and he will pull you through, and he will carry you through. If you cannot go anymore, he will carry you through because he who is faithful will do it. Give him a great hand. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let me tell you, the Bible says here, but my righteous one will live by faith. Hallelujah. Faith in who? Faith in God. Not faith in yourself. You go to motivational speakers, they say to you, you need to believe in yourself. That's the biggest fake nonsense you can hear. You need to believe in yourself. Really? I cannot believe in myself. Because I will never make it. I believe in Jesus. who will carry me through and will pull me through in Jesus' name. If it was not for him, I will never make it. I don't believe in myself. I believe in investment he made in me. That's what I believe in. You go to motivational speakers, I say, you need to be positive. I'm not a new ager man. I'm not a bad battery either. I'm not positive. I'm not a new ager. I don't believe in the cosmic powers and I don't believe in energy powers. I believe in the power and fire of the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe in. I got faith in God. I'm not positive. Don't you dare tell me I need to be positive. I'm not positive. I'm not a new ager. I don't believe in the cosmic powers and I don't believe in po- positive energies. I believe in the Holy Spirit's. I believe in the power of the word of God. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. That's what I believe in. And I've got faith in my Jesus. I'm not positive. I've got faith in God in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not a, I'm not a motivational speaker. I speak to you from, from the death of Jesus. Those who preach the gospel, those who witness about Jesus, and those who go on carry Carrying on serving Jesus. They carry within them the death of Jesus. And they, because they carry the death of Jesus in them, the life of Jesus gets manifested through them unto others, so that others might be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. To be a Christian is not comfortable. To be a Christian is tough. To be a Christian, your reward is not coming in this life. That's coming after when you stand before Him one day. So don't you shrink back because of one, two, or three little battles. Go on. You know, every time I go through a battle, I think, sure, I hope there's not coming another battle because this one was tough. And every time that I fight the battle and the battle come my way, the battle's becoming more serious, more tough. And I think by myself, what is next? And I think I will never make something worse than this. But when I come there, ye. Carry me through. He's the one who do it. Give him a great hand. Amen. But my righteous one will live by faith. Give God a hand for faith. Amen. But my righteous ones will live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Some people say, When is he coming? I do not know he's going to come. But I don't want him to come now. Because there's there's too many people that still need to be saved. I don't want Jesus to come now. Because there's too many people that need to be saved. Too many people, if he comes now, will not go to heaven. So the Bible says, work while it's still day. Because there comes a time when no one can work when it's night. Still time to work. Still time to work for Jesus. Still time to declare that Jesus is Lord unto people who are not saved in Jesus' name. Pray, Lord Jesus, grant me the sense of responsibility in the name of Jesus. Amen. The other night I said, you know, it will be great actually to go to heaven, to live as Christ and to die again. To be alive in this body is to be absent physically from Jesus. But to be dead is to be present with the Lord. That's what Paul said, or the Holy Spirit through Paul. And it will be great, actually, to go to heaven now. It will be great one day just not to wake up and to be with the Lord the next moment. What keeps us here? What keeps me here? What keeps my wife here? Responsibility. One word. Responsibility. What's my number one responsibility? Well, to love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. My second responsibility in this life is my wife. My wife. I pray to God for grace that I will not go before. I pray that we will go together. And Pamela, I pray that He will rapture us or something like that. Amen. I that will be great. My first responsibility in this life is my wife. I never want to leave her alone in this battle. My second responsibility is my own children, my own flesh and blood children. That's that's also a great responsibility. The responsibility after that's the people I preach to you and others that still need to be saved by this ministry and this message that I preach. That's a huge responsibility. And I don't want to leave this earth before every single one that he meant, for, meant to be saved through my ministry, the ministry entrusted to me. I don't want to leave before that. Amen. I that is a sense of responsibility. Why am I still here? Why are you still here? Sense of responsibility. Give God a hand for responsibility. Amen. Yeah. If I'll go before my time, then there's some people that still needed to come into God's kingdom. It's going to struggle to come in. They might be might come in, but they will struggle to come in, because there's a certain thing that motivated me greatly, in the past, a certain book of E. W. Kenyon, and the book went like this: Heavenly places, heavenly places. And that book said to me, you know, I'm not a reader. I didn't read through the whole book, but God took me to a certain page in the book. certain page in the book. I never read through one book in my life, I tell you. I only read what God tells me to read. I took up that book, Heavenly Places, E.W. Kenyon. And it took me to a certain page. And that page said to me, if you do not intake in your place, many other people find it very difficult to take in their places. We all link to one another. And if you do not take in your place of responsibility in this life, other people are going to find it very difficult to take in their places. Say to you still got something to do on this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. You still got to pray for certain people to come into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Okay, my righteous one will live by faith. Hallelujah. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now it says to you that God's got a soul. Give him a hand. I mean, we are created in the image and the likeness of God. We are spirit, soul, body. We are created like him in his image and his likeness. And the Bible says he's got a soul. His soul will not delight in the one who shrinks back. To shrink back is to quit, to give up. To be a coward. and the end of the book of Revelation it says, no coward will enter the kingdom of heaven. No coward and no liar. And no fornicator will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Bible says. A coward will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. A coward is a person that quit on his God-given responsibility. A coward is a man that walked out of his marriage and leaving his kids behind without a father. He's a coward. A coward is a person that wanted to, fl- want to free his responsibility because it's too tough. And so many Christians quit in the face of trouble and battle and onslaught of the devil. And I stream tonight, this morning and tonight I will stream, I just want to say to every man, you don't dare, don't dare walking out of a marriage relationship and leave your dear children there behind without a father that's present. That is a very evil thing. And I tell you, it became the norm to divorce. God hates it. The reason why God hates it is because of the children that get so harmed in the divorce. And that's what I cry about. I don't cry for the selfish people who want to divorce because they're extremely selfish. I cry for the children. Because it's all about the children. That that it's got a God-given right to grow up with a father and a mother. We don't quit. I'm not of that kind. God grant me grace. I will not quit on my responsibility. Amen. Amen. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. He says, God Almighty. God's got a soul. Give him a hand. Amen. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Anyone that shrinks back will be destroyed. Yeah. Pray, Lord Jesus. I pray for grace that I will never shrink back. Every person that shrink back gets destroyed. That quit on his responsibility, Is God-given responsibility. His God-given purpose on this earth will be destroyed by the devil. We are not of such. You take this word for yourself. Shout with me, we are not of such that shrink back. And quit on our responsibility. Amen. We are, not, we are But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But of those who have faith and persevere in their souls. Give God a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. God doesn't take pleasure in the soul that shrink back. Sometimes you think, God, I cannot go on. I want to quit. I want to, I want to even go to heaven. I don't want to be around anymore. Jesus is a tough taskmaster. He wants you to live out your God-given purpose. To the very end, don't you quit before the time. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes I sit in this chair and I say, Jesus, Can't you come and take me now? It will be nice. But I'm not going to quit. It's not time to go now. We still got a God-given purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pray with me, Lord Jesus. Grant me the grace to live out my God-given purpose to the very end. To the very end. Don't you quit before the time. You can say to me, Pastor, don't you quit before the time. Give God a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not of those who agree with the devil, that agree with homosexuality, that pamper people and tickle their ears. We are of those who tell the truth. And that's why a battle sometimes is tough. The churches that tell people, oh, the homosexuals, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, God love them. Uh, I know God loved them. But they will never enter heaven if they do not repent. God love every homosexual. Let me let, let make very clear to you. God love every homosexual. But no homosexual will enter the kingdom of heaven if he doesn't repent of that evil sin. Because that sin cannot enter heaven. How will, how will people be saved? The Bible is very clear. Repent! And the churches of today doesn't believe in that word repent anymore. They say, oh no, God loved the homosexual. He loved the sinner. He loved the fornicator. He loved the murderer. He will never, never, never keep them out of heaven. Well, God doesn't want to keep them out of heaven. That's why he came to pay the price and paid for his sins so that when they repent and turn to God and lay down their sins at the cross of Christ, they can enter the heavens without that sin In Jesus' name. Amen. You see, some people preach, and that's okay. God loves these people. It's okay. They can stay like they are. And that's why the devil will not attack them. But we're not of such. We witness, we preach, we tell people the truth. Because we love them. Why do I tell people the truth? Because I love them. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. Say to you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. What is the truth? Never your opinion. Never your viewpoint. But the word of God. Jesus Christ. To know the truth is to know Jesus. Declare with me. To know the truth is to know Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So we love the homosexuals. We love every sinner. God loves every sinner. That's why he came to die on the cross. He loved every single sinner. It didn't mean for not one person to go to hell, because hell was not created for people, but was created for Satan and his angels. And that's why Jesus came to die on the cross. And only only people, one Nigerian said, and I will quote his words: "That place is not meant for humans." He was there, so by the way, he was there. He's a pastor, and he thought because he's a pastor, he cannot go to hell. And he didn't forgive, and he went to hell. A certain Nigerian pastor was so angry at his wife one day, they had a huge fight. And he sped off, and he died in an accident, and he went to heaven, and the angel showed him heaven. And he thought, well, that's what I need to be. And then the angel went to show him hell. And he thought, well, I, I, I need to, I, I must be in heaven because I'm a pastor. The angel said, no, you couldn't forgive. You need to go to hell. And in the meantime, many things happened. I'm not going to tell the guy's whole testimony. But because of the love of his wife and his church that prayed for him, God raised him from the dead by Reinhard Bonka. And he came back by God's grace. And that man is so scared of an argument. Who of you like an argument? That man is so scared of an argument. If it looked like you're going to argue with him, he's free for his existence. Because you know that a sharp argument can wind you up in hell. And he said, in his African way, that place is not for human beings. But for everyone that is such a fool to follow Satan in his ways. Don't be so foolish. People who stream, don't be so foolish ever in your life. God loves every sinner. And that's why God came and he became a man. And he gave us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who paid for our sin on that cross. And when you accept Jesus and, you, and His blood washes you and you repent of your sin and you turn away from your wicked ways and you turn to God, He grants you the grace by His Holy Spirit to be saved. And He give you His Holy Spirit. And His Holy Spirit enter your heart and move you to do what God wants you to do. And He enable you to do what God wants you to do. And He will set you free from every bondage. doesn't matter what type of sin you are involved. Whoever is streaming with us, whatever sin you're involved with, Whether it's homosexuality or any kind of other fornication, theft, hatred, whatever you're involved with. Maybe you're addicted to something. God says, I died on a cross to set you free. I died on a cross to pay for your sin. And I died on a cross that you don't have to serve sin anymore and be a slave of sin anymore. Jesus said, I came to set you free. I came for you to have liberty in Jesus' name. God, forgive your sins today if you repent in Jesus' name. And everyone in this building... And everyone that stream today, if you're involved in homosexuality, because that's what came in my heart this morning, you're involved with any other kind of um, fornication, and pornography came to my mind as well. Pornography, pornography, I tell you that sin will destroy you. It will destroy you. Then you pray for grace this morning and you pray with me, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me my sins, my weaknesses. In the name of Jesus, have mercy on me. I don't want to be a slave of sin anymore. I receive your forgiveness and I receive your deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you that you forgive me. Wash me by your blood and by your grace. I walk away from sin. I walk away from bondage in the name of Jesus thank you, Jesus. By your grace, I will serve you the rest of my life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for saving my soul in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you are saved. Those who stream with us, you pray that prayer, let us know, please. God bless you. And everyone sitting here, if you pray that prayer, God bless you. God has forgiven you your sin. Give him a great hand. Amen. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Anyone that shrinks back will be destroyed. You know, people speak about living, he says. Loving Jesus is a loving God, but he's a no compromising God. He's a consuming fire. And he said to the one man who was hiding his talent under the ground, Your wicked, lazy servant! Didn't you not know I'm a tough taskmaster who reaped where I did not sow? You should should put your talent with the bankers so I can at least get interest when I I came back. And Jesus cut him into pieces and casted him into the outer darkness, which is the coldest place in eternity. There's two places where people go that separated from God. Not one, not only hell. Hell is a terrible place. You know, people don't burn by the flames in hell. They burn the sin within them as the source of fire. Where the worm does not die, that's the bad habits, their fornications, their homosexuality, the addictions is the worm. Where the worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched. Flee from addiction. In Jesus' name. It's worms. They eat you up alive. And in hell, one day they will eat people up alive. Satan so said, get rid of your addictions. And then there's another place, out darkness. Hell is the hottest place, but out of darkness is the coldest place in eternity. That is where all people who thought they are Christians but were not. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast our demons in your name? Did we not do many miracles in your name? Away from me. I never knew you. That's religious dudes they will be cut into pieces and thrown into outer darkness where there will be gnashing of teeth because it's the coldest place in eternity. All religious people will go there. That's quite a scary scripture, that one. Pray, Lord Jesus, make me alert against the evil danger of religion. In Jesus' name. Amen. That is the evil danger that causes many people on the earth to think, I'm okay. I'm religious. I'm going to the mosque. I'm going to the Buddhist temple. I'm going to a Christian Orthodox church. I'm okay. Going to a church is not to mean that people are okay. Even into an inner charismatic church. But you you will be fine if by God's grace you live by the words of Jesus and you live your life by the life of Jesus. By the words of Jesus. You need to take every word of Jesus to heart and live by it. If God says in His Word, love your enemy, make it your ambition to go out and love your enemy. If God says you need to love your neighbor, make it your ambition go and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If God says you need to forgive, make it your ambition today. Make it your ambition and your adventure to forgive people that doesn't deserve forgiveness. Because you you don't deserve forgiveness as well. So by the way, it's by grace you are saved. And not by anything else but by grace. Make it your ambition today to pray for those who spitefully use you. Pray for the salvation of these souls. Make it your ambition to start to like people that you don't like. That's what I do. Jesus said, you will be perfect like my heavenly Father is perfect. Make it your ambition from today on. I dare you, man. I challenge you. Go and like people you didn't like before. Go and like them. Go and fellowship with people that you never thought you will fellowship with. Go and fellowship with them and love them. Go and forgive people that you never thought you will be able to forgive. Because today, with this message, the grace is here to forgive and to love unconditionally. In Jesus' name. Amen. That is my command unto you. And you might think that, And today you know very well in this ministry, it's not this man that's preaching. It's the Holy Spirit that challenges you. It's the Holy Spirit that speaks to you. Make it your ambition to go and fellowship with people that you don't like to fellowship with. That's what it says in Romans 12. Go and associate yourself with people that you think, ah, 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 I cannot be with these. Make it your ambition to forgive The most detestable people. Pray for their souls. Amen. Pray for their souls because God loved them as well. God loved the Muslim as well. And he need to be saved. He will never get to heaven if he doesn't see Jesus through you. And maybe, maybe you can lead him to Jesus. No one will get to heaven without Jesus. No one. No one. No religion will take you to heaven. Not Christian religion, not Buddhist religion, not Hindu religion, not Muslim religion, and not Orthodox Christian religion, not no form of religion will take you to heaven. No form of religion. And don't you think I'm religious? I don't like religion. Religion, Nothing. Nothing. And God hates religion as well, because that's what the Pharisees and the scribes were when they challenged him, when he did good things on the Shabbat, healing people on the Shabbat. Religion is a sickening thing. It causes people to think, I'm okay. I'm in a church. I go to church. Oh, I go to a religious system. we worship Jesus in spirit and in truth, we live by his words. Okay? Say to your neighbor, make it your ambition this week to love the unlovables, to forgive those who you think you never could forgive, to go and fellowship with the people that you never thought you will be able to fellowship with. In the name of Jesus. Make it your ambition this week to go and feed one street homeless person. Aha! I challenge you. Go and feed one. At least one. One. I give you one. Go and feed one homeless street person. Go and buy him a packet of Slap chips and fish and buy him a nice something to drink. I cannot see cool drink because Alicia will not agree with me. Buy him something nice. I give you a command in Jesus' name. I give you a command this week. Go and bless one homeless street person. With a good meal. Oh, you will reckon he's too he's too, he's too lazy to work. Why will I feed him? You do not know where he came from. You do not know how he ended up in the street, you do not know his history, you do not know his hurt and his pain. I challenge you this week. Only one. Don't go and try and feed now 20 people because I said so. I command you go and feed one homeless. St- person on the street this week. It's easy. Go to Shalap up there, the Greek cafe. Big packet of nice slop chips. Maybe a nice white bread. Not a brown one because they use it to cleanse the spirits, to take the purple out of the spirits and to drink it. Don't do that. No brown bread. Amen. Amen. One nice white bread and maybe Butter as well. And something nice to drink. I challenge you in Jesus' name. You're going to do it, please. Please, 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 please. Make it your ambition. Amen. Amen. That's what God tells you. How many people are you? How many homeless people are going to get food this week? Please do that. I tell you, God will love us as a ministry. We will experience his favor. Please do that. I beg you in Jesus' name. Go and look for a homeless person. Look for a homeless person that lives on the street. Or anyone that's very hungry. Anyone that's hungry. And buy him something good, a good meal. Something nice to drink. Please, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what I ask of you today. Who's speaking to you? The Holy Spirit. Everyone say, thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere in these souls. Give God a hand. Amen. You know, you can do your own thing. But when God tells you to do something, you need to do that something. You might say, but I look after some poor people. Well, I tell you, if you look after good poor people, that's good. But if God told you to do something specific, you do something spe- that something specific. So you're going to feed one homeless person this week. One time. One person. One homeless person or one person that's very hungry. doesn't matter who it is. You're going to feed and bless with one meal. In Jesus' name, please, thank you so much. Amen. God is good. We're going to pray now for the sick and those who need deliverance. Don't leave the building if you've got a need. I want to pray for your breakthrough. Please come forward. Take a seat where there's not a cross, even there, wherever there's space. Those who are sick, please come. You're going to be healed. Those who need deliverance, come. You're going to get your deliverance. Those who need breakthrough, come, and you will get your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good. Stand to your feet and give him a great hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everyone lift their hands in a comfortable way and receive the spirit of grace for this week in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for grace and mercy that fall upon them now in the name of Jesus, spirit of grace and mercy is on you, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Grace and mercy on you for the whole week might be an amazing week for you. A week in which, which you do what God wants you to do, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You have received grace and mercy. Give your Lord a great hand. <clears throat> now you bless everyone around you. You bless them in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbour and say, "I release you in faith." I'll see you again in greater faith, in Jesus' name. God bless your afternoon, God bless your food, and God bless your family time in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You are now released. God bless you. Enjoy your afternoon in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go in peace. Thank you.